Welcome. This is Wild and Free, a Battleborn podcast. I am your host, Allison Yanez, and as always, I'm joined by my co-wrangler, Jacob. Hey, Allison. How you doing? Fully caffeinated, which is awesome for a nice... We're recording on a Thursday, so it's good. Love a caffeinated it's very Jacob. very good. Yes. Love it, love it. Well, I'm really excited um, to jump right into it. Today, I'm very excited to present our guests from the U.S. Census Bureau. We have Misty Slater mm-hmm. and Arlene Alvarez. Hello. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for the invitation. Yes. We're happy to have you. So um, let's get into it. I'd love to learn about the, uh, if you could go into a little bit of the history of the census here in the United States. Of course, of course. Well, first of all, our mission is to count every person once, only once, and in the right place. Mm. Um, and going back to the history, um, the, the census is in our constitution, so that is why we take it every 10 years. Right. Um, it's in Article 1, Section 2, so it's one of the first things our founding fathers thought about um, as a basis to our democracy. And so um, based on that, on that um, realization, or sorry, based on that, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm getting nervous, I don't know why. You're good, you're good. Well, you know, just because we, they... Okay, now I'm doing the same thing that you did. (laughs) Anyway, okay, so 1790, first U.S. Census, right? Mm -hmm. Well, territories that before they became part of the United States, they did censuses Mm -hmm. before that. Mm -hmm. British colonies did census. So it's not like this is a a new idea or a new Mm -hmm. thing. It's been going on for hundreds of years. And like Arlene said, it is in the Constitution. They mandate it. They want a population count every 10 years to see how the country is changing and growing like your portrait of America yeah and so and so um, so it's been taken every 10 years without fail like without fail like every 10 years we take this this portrait of who we are as a country and in addition to determining how many representatives we, representatives we get in Congress mm-hmm. um, it also determines billions of dollars in annual funding and so um, the latest numbers that the census has is over $675 billion in annual funding that's based on our decennial census count. And so the impact um, that it has is just you know enormous um, in terms of funding for programs, but also it's data that is used um, by businesses and by many different other uh, entities um, for planning purposes. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, all right, well then, uh, to kind of follow up on that, can you explain how the state relies on this data um, to determine where they allocate funds towards uh, programs? Well, we know that there's over 300 federal agencies spending programs that the money goes into, and then they use census data to guide the money geographically, to destination of funds to states, counties, cities, household areas. So it kind of funnels down into the how the state itself uses it. That would be a question for the state. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, so so yeah, it, it just trickles down and um, and some of the agencies include HHS, you know, USDA, a lot of nutrition programs. So it just depends on the agency um, in terms of like where, where those those funds are allocated. But in general it could go to schools, um, planning for where to build them, clinics, health, um, Medicare. Medicare, Medicare, infrastructure. So it's just a variety of, of, uh, of services and resources it's really for the whole just community. Making sure that our communities are accurately counted so we get the money that is needed in the community to mm-hmm. maintain right and, 
Yeah. And um, one other thing I'd mention is that, um, like I said, it determines uh, representation. So, so what our state is one of the fastest, like fastest, you know, it's tied with, with Idaho. It's like really close with Idaho. They're like one of the fastest growing states. So, um, so it's really important that we obtain the, the funding that we need to, to grow and to, um, to meet the demands of, mm -hmm. of the population. Um, and based on the 2010 census, uh, we gained one congressional seat. So right. we went from three to four. So it's a very tangible, um, you know, um, I don't know. Program. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, this program is one program or one I, thing that we do that affects everybody living in the United States, regardless of mm -hmm. citizenship, regardless of race, creed, religion. It's important to us because do you drive on a road? Well, some of that money is coming from federal dollars that's coming off of the population count. Do you need Medicare? Well, money's funneled in from census data from the population count. Do you have children in school? It, it is mind blowing mm -hmm. how many programs benefit from the census. And then businesses too, right? Market yes. research, you know, I want to start, you know, a, a business, you know, catering to children, you know, where is my, my target demographic going to be? Or mm -hmm. I want to target to, you know, a certain, you know, Spanish speaking or whatever. You're able to, to go into um, the census and really get a lot of the information that you need to, um, to, to make decisions. I, I get my nails done and I was talking to the owner of the nail salon. He goes, oh, I eat. I used it to find out where I should put my nail salon at. And I was oh, like, wow. really? He goes, oh, I love census data. He goes, I'm a census geek. I go on there and I look at stuff. And I just find it so interesting. He goes, and it, and it is just amazing to me, he goes, that people don't realize how many different programs or, you know, or businesses that people... He goes, I had one person go, you, how did you pick this spot for your nail salon? He goes, I use census data. He goes, mm -hmm. and I knew that there wasn't as an L salon around here. I knew the population. And I was like, okay. He goes, and I'm very happy with my spot. Mm -hmm. So it's very valuable information. Yes. Um, something before we started taping, you used the example, uh, the example of FEMA, right? In right. order to. Um, to prepare for natural disasters, they use census information to determine, you know, how many responders they're going to send to an area, etc. So if that is underreported, you're obviously not going to be able to send in proper resources to an area. Right. You you count. It says that there's a hundred people, but really there's two hundred. You're going to need more resources to help those two hundred people out than you would if it was only a hundred. Mm -hmm. Right. So now that we know a little bit about the history and the impact how do we participate so like we know it's important but how are we going to participate in the, the census well um it's the first time we have three options for how we're going to respond um in about a month we'll all get an invitation in the mail to um to go online or to respond by phone so both online and phone options are going to have 13 languages available mm -hmm. so um so we'll be able to respond either of those ways uh, and the census knows that we're busy people <laughs> and that we may ignore the mail or toss it out with the junk mail. So we will be sending about four or five um, follow-up um, letters and postcards, postcards to households that haven't responded. And so the last reminder at the end of April will come with a paper questionnaire. Mm 
So then we'll have, you know, the online option, the phone option, the questionnaire option to self-respond. If we don't respond by the end of April, then our non-response follow-up operation will begin after that near universities. Oh, Since we okay. are counted where we sleep and live most of the time, um, that means that students that are living off campus should be counted where they go to school, especially if they're coming from out of state. Right. Um, and so the non-response follow-up operation from the census starts near university. So near UNLV, near UNR, um, you'll start seeing census takers. And so um, that will be the last way that we'll be able to respond if we haven't you know, self-responded. So, um, so if we don't self-respond, a, a census taker will come and knock on our door um, to get that information from us. Um, and yeah. And I mean, there's 12 questions. No excuse. <laughs> it will be easy and quick, easy and efficient to do it online. Mm -hmm. And if you have to wait for somebody to come knock on your door, People don't like people knocking on their door. Right. So you can completely eliminate that if you respond beforehand, and it's less money. Yeah. It's less federal federal dollars being spent if you respond. Yeah, it's it, the non-response follow-up operation is the most expensive part of the, um, the census. census. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so yeah, we really encourage people to self-respond. Um, and like Misty said, it's a short questionnaire, um, and every single question has a purpose. Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing we need to remember, right? Like, you know, there's a reason why the census is asking the questions that it's asking, and um, it's going to help tailor the needs of, of our, um, of our uh, the services that we get in our community. So, mm -hmm. um, when you get it in the mail, does it have your name? Like, will it have my name on it or will it just be like to resident of? Yes. It is tied to the app, the physical address. Great. Mm -hmm. So when you get it, that is for you. Yes. It, it might look it, like junk mail, right? but it is not. Okay. Well, and that's good to know because I think we do, we li and we live in a very transient place where, you know, like I've only lived in my apartment now for not even a year. So I get a lot of mail for other people. So it's good to know that when the census form comes to me, that's, that's mine. That's the one I fill out. Well, and here's the thing. You don't have to wait until you get that card in the mail. Mid-March, oh, okay. you can go on and respond without getting a reminder. If you oh, know excellent. what's coming up after March 12th, go to 2020census.gov and you'll be able to fill it out. So oh, that's very useful. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you yeah. don't have to wait for a card to come in in the okay. mail. After right. March 12th. Yeah, no. yeah. Okay. our website will be open. And, um, and like Misty said, it's gonna say, Dear Resident, and it's gonna have a code. However, that code is not necessary. Um, oh, it may yeah. ask you a few extra questions, you know, mm -hmm. just to make sure that it gets you at the right address. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you, you're, you don't need to use the, um, the code to, to answer the census. Okay, okay. Um, I recently read an article in the Nevada Current that said that um, Nevadans have a low rate of response. Why are Nevadans hard to count and what is your office doing to combat this? So there's demographics that are count, hard to count or communities or that are harder to count. Mm -hmm. um, so one of those, for example, is children under five. 
Um, zero to five was the most missed demographic in the 2010 census. Um, and that is because uh, a traditional household is easier to count, as you can imagine. Um, but if a child is splitting time between parents, are moving, you know, with parents, um, sometimes the lack of education also impacts. So there's factors that contribute to being hard to count. Um, renters is one, um, language barriers, um, also historically, you know, there's also other historically undercounted communities like um, a tribal, Native American, mm -hmm. um, African American. So we have different communities that for different reasons there's barriers. And so, you know, Nevada, we have a very, very diverse state. And so we have a lot of different, um, different communities out there, even rural communities, right? Um, geographically, um, reaching people physically um, is, is another barrier for the census. And so ways that we're um, combating them uh, for people that are in rural communities that have P.O. boxes, for example, that don't get the mail at home, um, we have an operation called Update Leave. And Update Leave um, means that a census taker will come to the door and drop off the paper questionnaire at their home mm -hmm. and let them self-respond. And then, you know, once our non-response follow-up operation comes around, if they haven't responded, turn in that questionnaire, then a census taker will come and, you know, get that information from them. Um, we have... Um, Operations for people experiencing homelessness, for example, uh, people in group quarters, so people that are in correction facilities, nursing homes, dorms on campus, uh, are all taken. Uh, are all um, the census is taken um, in a, a separate operation, more administratively. So the census mm. directly contacts um, somebody at the institution and you know does that you know a, a separately than self response, obviously. Yeah. Um, and so for that's group quarters. And then for um, people experiencing homelessness, um, it's going to be done through an operation called service-based enumeration um, and enumeration at transitory locations. So there's, there's separate operations that are trying to address the different needs of the community. Uh, for languages, for example, um, we have a lot of Spanish speakers, a lot of Asian languages in the state. So um, the census has, um, in addition to the 13 languages um, in which the online and phone options um, will be available, we will also have language guides mm -hmm. and other um, in-language resources for 59 languages. So oh, wow. all of these resources. And, and, oh. and American Sign Language. American Sign Language, oh, Braille, great. large uh -huh. print. Oh, yeah. oh wow. So, so the census really is trying to create as many resources and materials uh, for, you know, as wide range of, of people. Um, we also have templates and glossaries. So um, I just actually presented to um, Clark County School District. They have an office um that helps with refugee families and i presented to their translators and so i was able to share some of the guides that we have in some of the languages that they speak mm -hmm. but some of these translators speak languages that we don't even have on our you know resources and so they are going to help us by um by using our glossaries our templates to then oh, you know cool. translate into oh, some of the communities that we have here that you yeah. know are not reflected on our on our um on our guides so that's one way that we as the census are really relying on our local partners mm -hmm. um, to help us spread the word, to help us educate. Um, so it's, it's, it's the biggest, like the census, the decennial census is the biggest peacetime mobilization of our country every 10 years. Mm -hmm. And so it really does require, like it takes a village. <laughs> so, well, yeah. And Arlene is a partnership specialist. Mm -hmm. She was brought on to create these partners in, in different you know, wherever the areas that we need them in, you find partners with religious organizations, mm -hmm. um, you know, food banks. So their position is really 
a deep dive into the community, mm-hmm. making those partnerships and connections. And she has been on since 2018 doing that. So mm-hmm. she has made a lot of partners throughout <laughs> Clark yeah. County, Nevada. Yeah, yeah. So we really are trying to reach, you know, everyone, a lot of the organizations and, um, and yeah, every, everybody that, that, you know, wants to learn and wants to support. And, um, yeah. So and that's our we got to thank our partners because they're the ones that help us make this job easier. Mm-hmm. We give them the information. They know how important the census is, and they disseminate it out because they're a trusted voice in their community. Yeah. That okay. is one of the best ways to get it out. So they very thankful to all of our partners. that, And, and they know how to speak to their their members, right? right, in a culturally relevant way. Right, mm-hmm. of how it will impact them. Mm-hmm. What They know what their community's concerns are and they can address them better than than I can mm-hmm. yeah so the, yeah we couldn't do it with and I mean this is an exa- a, a great example right right I'm a partner right. <laughs> yes mm-hmm. yes yeah well, we understand the importance yeah so yeah that, most so, definitely and then and then I would also like to add that we're also working well with partners but working through multiple levels right so we represent um, the Census Bureau but we're working with really closely with the state and the local municipalities as well so it's like multiple layers uh, of, of collaboration right yeah all well. partners government government mm-hmm. religious mm-hmm. all partners lieutenant governor very very you know pro census mm-hmm. very great partner to have Mm-hmm. She's been the complete nice. count committee at yes. the state level. So yeah, so we yeah we're, we're yeah, busy. And, and the Southern Complete Count Committee, they are 100% on board and eager to help and get yeah. the word out. Another thing that we have is we have um, like this one is English, but it's a video guide to completing the 2020 census online. Mm-hmm. We have videos on YouTube. I do believe the Spanish one hit this week. There will be other videos in other languages, and it shows you. Like, okay, if you don't speak English, go right here for one mm. of the other 12 languages oh, great. and click okay. on it. And then it pops up in that language. So uh, there's a lot of things mm-hmm. that they, they're, they're trying to make it as easy and as accessible as possible. Uh-huh. So if you've got five, ten minutes, you can definitely oh, do yes. the census. Yes. Yeah. If you have a we bigger can, family, yeah. it may take a little right. bit longer. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. But yeah, it's, average, it's not yeah. it's not going to take us we're not going to sit at the computer like we're doing our taxes no. we're really this is a really <laughs> quick easy we all should do it and it's great that the i mean obviously the municipalities and the city government state government this is really important to them because this is where their federal funding comes from so they're definitely um but it's great to hear that they're like right there with you all and everyone's working together because we know that's that's how it's going to get done right if you're not working together it's not going to get done no, no. so well, you've done a good job about explaining how um, the census data is used to determine um, funding towards thing, programs related to housing, infrastructure, healthcare. Um, it seems to be a quick and easy um, document to fill out. Mm-hmm. I'd like to talk a little bit about trust. So last year in 2019, um, the, uh, the Trump administration wanted to include a question regarding citizenship on the census. Um, that is that is not going to occur. That it's not taking place. But it, I feel like it did sow a little bit of uh, mistrust in the community. So I wanted to see if you could address that and talk about how you're doing. What are you doing to? Well, we have okay. So we have another survey called the American Community Survey. Mm-hmm. The census used to be a long form. 
but they decided, you know what, we need a population count every 10 years. Let's make this as mm. simple as possible. We'll do the American Community Survey every year to a small sampling of people. The citizenship question was on the original census with, with all the long form. Mm. The citizenship question is on the ACS, but it is not on the census because it doesn't matter. We want a population right. count. So there's no fear that this data could ever be used against you. I mean, her and I had to take an oath for the rest of our lives that we won't divulge any personal identification that we come up across. Uh, let's see, there's the Title 13. Yeah, so the, the yeah, so I guess, yeah, like Misty was saying that um, the American Consumer Survey, like, will have that question. The census has about over a hundred surveys, so there's this, lots yeah, of surveys girl. that the census mm. has. So it's important to remember that the 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 decennial census is just one of many, and regardless of the survey, the census data is is protected by um, by law by Title 13, Title 26, which say that the census can only share information in statistical format. Mm-hmm. Um, that's right. the only way the census can share information. Um, it cannot divulge it in any way that can identify somebody's personal information. And this withstands any government agency that makes any type of request for that information. It doesn't matter if it's the IRS. It doesn't matter if it's DHS. Um, it can be, you know, even law enforcement. Nobody can request any information from the census that would identify somebody. Um, and in addition, um, since this is, this is the first census that are like one of the three options is going to be the online option uh the census has been undertaking lots of testing like to ensure that mm-hmm. it meets the highest uh standards of cybersecurity, to ensure that the data um is encrypted um as we enter it into into the computer so right. the census really does um have multiple layers to ensure that the information is protected oh that's great yeah i think that's really important to know and i Familiar with the what's the the American Community Survey? Yes, I use that in my um, master's thesis. So yeah, yeah, no, that one is yeah. It's it's a really it's a really good one because it's it, you can imagine that the decennial since it happens every ten years, there's bound to be shifts that occur within that right. time, right? So the American Community Survey is such a great complement to the decennial, mm-hmm. the sampling every right. year of. The different little areas. Yeah, so don't be scared if you get another invitation to participate <laughs> right, in another right. survey. Just ensure that it comes from the Department of Commerce. It really, you know, clearly states it as the Census Bureau. Um, but yeah, we do have more than one survey, you know. And they don't just have these surveys to have these surveys. Right. You know, they're not like, hey, let's just bombard you guys with surveys just, just for fun. There is a reason behind every survey that the Census Bureau puts out and it comes from and I didn't know the Census Bureau was the survey takers from the United States I never knew that until I started researching the Census Bureau and I was like oh well that's interesting and it's the same thing with the questions that are on the the census the 2020 census there is a reason behind having the question on there and if you go online to 2020census.gov you can check out the questionnaire and the 12 questions that it asks and it will give you why they ask it and the you know the potential answers that you can put down and like if you have a child under the age of five who's two months old it says just write zero you don't need to write the month so it breaks it down very Mm. very easily to understand yeah 
that's really that is really important for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, what are some ways that you are, um, you know, getting the word out there about people doing the census? So we talked about community organizations. Are there other ways so that? Say I'm, you know, the type of person that I'm not watching TV. I don't know. How am I going to know about the census? Hopefully you either watch TV, listen to the radio, or read a newspaper or an online. Mm -hmm. Because that is, that's my job. I contact the radio stations to ask them to play PSAs for recruitment right now. Mm -hmm. And then it will transfer over to the general census. Why we have the census. Why is it important? Same with newspapers. You put the information out there that they're like, okay, the census is coming. In August, we had people going out doing address canvassing. They were going out, checking these uh, addresses to see, okay, is this a condemned building? Is there anybody Mm. living there? Okay, no, then we don't have to worry about that building. To let, that was a way to let your public know, hey, we do have people out in these neighborhoods, you know, (laughs) yeah. And I, I know, I know I look out my window you know, like, who is that? Mm-hmm. Who's, who's walking near my house? So it helps give them the information that they need so they're not worried. Oh, okay, it's a census taker. They have their little bag. It has the census logo on it. Okay, we're good. So that's how we're getting, uh, that's how I'm getting up, getting the word out is going and sending press releases or requests or, hey, if you guys would like to do an interview about the Census Bureau, please contact me. Right. I'm, I'm your person. And then I can team up with... A partnership specialist or one of our recruiting assistants or we can find what what person's gonna best fit your need Mm -hmm. and that's what I'm doing and then what are you doing Arlene yeah so we've been doing um, trainings but we also are invited to present at different um, spaces and different spaces so um, so if there's any opportunity we'll be you know, participating in a lot of community events. You know, spring is a really, like, you know, busy time for having mm-hmm. a lot of outdoor events. So you'll either be seeing us, you'll may, may be seeing some of the um, teams from the state. Mm-hmm. There's also outreach happening from the state. So, you know, we're all collaborating, making sure that we hit all the big um, festivals. I know this weekend, um, one of my um, colleagues is going to be at the Springs Preserve. There's oh, yes. a big um, Black History Month event there. Right. And so we're just, you know, yeah, we're just, you know, keeping an eye out for you know what big events are coming out making sure that we have a presence mm-hmm. um, and uh, trying to stay as connected as we can and um, ensuring that the community has the information um, once we have spaces or we know where are um, some spaces where people can answer the census if they don't have access to it at home then you know we'll be promoting that as well um, I know Southern Nevada Complete Count Committee is planning a big event on March 2nd. I mean, March 12th, sorry, sorry, March 12th. Yes. March 12th mm-hmm. is the first day for self response. And so, um, so there'll be a kickoff. And so we'll have more information about that. Um, but yeah, oh, yeah. they, they, they want to have, um, all the towns in Southern Nevada kind of like connected where you can see a webcam of their area where they're going to have people respond to the census and stuff. And they, talk about a lot of energy they were so excited when they were talking about like let's do this I'm like sounds like an awesome idea mm-hmm. you know you're connected as a community in Clark County even though you're far away from each other right. yeah. you're all serving those same purpose of um, completing your census yeah. form so even um, Boulder City and Mesquite are involved in the complete count committee so that shows that you know this is a, a purpose that like just brings all these other, you know these different um 
towns that are not working together. Well, I mean, they're always working yeah. together, but like for a, for a single mm-hmm. campaign. So, right. Yeah. They all have, it's all the same purpose. That's great. Uh, yeah. I uh, would like to hear a bit about how um, the census data is used for redistricting and how that affects the legislature. That's more state, but I can tell you, like what I can tell you from the census is that um, after the census, we do post-enumeration survey, quality control, and then the numbers get sent to the president by December. 31st. 31st. (laughs) The president gets the numbers. Then the states get the numbers um, next spring. So Mm. March 2021, the states will receive the numbers. And then each state is basically responsible for undertaking the redistricting process. Mm-hmm. So beyond that, you know, yeah. from, from our right, end... Right, but I, yeah, my but point yeah, is but this, yeah. this yes. information Yeah, exactly. The, the mm-hmm. census will provide the information to the states. And then, you know, our responses would have been, you know, like very important because based on that, our state is then able to redraw the, the, the district lines, even school districts, mm-hmm. you know, as far, lo- you know, mm-hmm. as, 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 far lo- as local as um, school districts. So it's going to definitely impact, um, you know, this is, it goes to our point about how the census is a long-term, mm-hmm. um, you know, tool, right, that, that helps us plan for the next 10 years. So, you know, after the president gets the numbers and the states get the numbers and then, you know, um, the public mm-hmm. <laughs> and businesses and nonprofits that use the data that the census mm-hmm. provides, so... Because again, that's how that uh, we acquired our congression, our additional congressional seat, yeah. right? And that is all super important when we're talking about proper representation at all levels of government. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it'll be interesting because the last time the census was taken was during the recession. That was when it, yeah. and we were very greatly affected. So it'll be interesting to see what the actual count is, the increase. Um, because there were so many people that had left by that point, by, by 2010. Um, and this reminds me that, that um, I heard that one of the barriers from 2010 were because there were so many foreclosures, um, there were people living in homes that they weren't supposed to be in. And, and so that was a barrier. Oh, so that's, an, exam- that's yeah. an example of how different communities have different fears. And so our message is the census is by household. So please count everybody that's in your household, regardless of relationship between the people in the household, regardless of whether they're on the lease or not, regardless of whether they Mm. are staying with you temporarily because they don't have a place to go or they're between houses. But if that person is staying with you, especially on April 1st, Mm -hmm. (laughs) then you count them in your household. And so that was a big barrier um, in, in 2016. Um, so we, we know, we hope that, um, that we've learned from that and that, you know, we all are aware that the census is by household. And again, this data cannot be used adversely against you. Mm -hmm. So if you have somebody staying with you, who's not on the lease and you're afraid, don't be, your landlord will not find out about it. Right. And then, and the same thing, if you're living in an air, in a house that's foreclosed on. Go ahead and respond. It will not be used against you. But you will benefit from being counted. Right. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yeah, so there's no reason not to include everyone. Right. Mm -hmm. If your grandparents live with you, include them. Yep. If you've got multiple kids, you've got your friends staying with you, include them. Yes. Um, Born exchange students. You count them. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. Because that's a program 
that is right. ongoing. And if that school has so many foreign exchange students, that school probably has that many exchange students every year. Right. You count them at your house. Okay. So the point is, if you if you use our public roads or you right. go to school or whatever the heck it is, you we need to count you, yes. right? Everybody is using these public resources. They are there for us to access. And so it's in everybody's interest to be counted regardless of anything, right? We need to count Living you. circumstance, really. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. just... Do not be Allison's anthropology professor. <laughs> Do not be afraid of the census. Hid from the census takers. <laughs> yeah. Even at my, I was twenty years old, but I, I still was a bit. I was like, I don't think that's right. I think we should let allow ourselves to be counted. It's in everybody's interest. Right. Yes. This is at a state it's, university. It's a civic mm-hmm. duty. I mean, if there's mm-hmm. one thing that we need to do in 2020, we need to respond to the census. Yes. Well, and I'm gonna admit my bias. Um, the census to me is the most important thing to take place in 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yay. Lots of love you. Yes. 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 Thank you. Yes. I love you yes. guys. Yes. 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 No, I love it. I love it. Yeah. All right. Were you ready for the non-census related questions? Bring it on. Yeah. All right. So first off, favorite places to eat here. And Misty, we understand you grew up here. You don't, you spend a lot of time here, but you're not, this isn't this isn't where you'll be. Well, will you be taking the census here? Depends or? on where April first lands. All if right. it were, lands during the week, I'll be counted here. If it lands on a weekend, I'll be counted in Colorado Springs. You know, I tried. We watched these different like BuzzFeed shows and everything, mm-hmm. and we found the one. I can't remember the name, but there's two guys, and they go to a city and they try three places. One's really expensive, one's moderate, one's really cheap, hmm. and then they oh, vote or you know they they, mm-hmm. they say which one they think is best and and why and everything. They had the Sterling Brunch at Bally's on, mm-hmm. and we're watching it. It was like wow. I went there a couple weeks ago, and it is worth it. Uh-huh. All right. It is so worth it, and I will be going again. It, it's expensive, though, yes? It's $125 a person, but Lord. I can eat my weight in lobster, uh-huh. so... There you go. Uh-huh. And, I mean, it didn't... And it's definitely bottomless mimosas, if that's what you go for. Uh Um, And they have a creme brulee station that I didn't even get to hit because I was so full. But it was, it was, it's a very nice brunch. They definitely deserve like five stars for that place. Mm. And the people are so nice there. All the employees were so nice. But that's one of my favorite places. Wow. You're the second person in 10 days that has recommended a buffet. We've never had people recommend buffets, nope. but you are a second person. Oh, it's the Sterling Brunch uh-huh. buffet. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I used to like the Caesars uh, buffet. I can't speak onto it now because I haven't been there, but they used to have a good buffet too. Yeah. How about you, Arlene? Well, I live downtown, so um, let's see. It depends on what we're feeling, Um, and um, let's see, Esther's Kitchen, Mm -hmm. really good. Um, I haven't tried that new taco shop, or taco restaurant. Tacotarian. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I haven't tried that, but let's see. um, Where was that coffee shop we went to? Oh, well, I do end up at Makers and Finders, but I feel like maybe that's a place that, that has been recommended before, right? A little bit of we, and we frequently hold meetings at Makers and Finders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess
guess a little a place that's a little bit f- further uh, further south is Bahamar. I don't know if, mm. if, if anybody has recommended Bahamar yet, mm-hmm. but I, I really love the tacos there and the tostadas, ceviche tostadas are really good. The ceviche tostadas are incredible. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so was, I really like Bahamar. There was a place we went to in Boulder City. It was a little tiny, um, little tiny restaurant. I went with Carlos and Mary after an event, census event. So good, but I cannot remember. Was it in name. downtown Boulder City? Yeah. What is the saucer thing called? There's a saucer. There's a restaurant with the name saucer in it. No. There's the coffee cup. The coffee cup, yeah. Mm-hmm. No. The coffee cup? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Okay, no. I okay. can't even remember yeah. what she said. It's like said. the coffee cup, Dillinger's is downtown, uh, Boulder Dam Brewing Company. I love Boulder City, so I, I don't I don't live there, but I do enjoy their, their restaurants. They, yeah. they have a nice little setup down there. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It feels like you're a million miles away from Las Vegas. And it's always been like that. My grandmother lived down there. I mean, that's where I would always go and spend the night with my grandma and my aunt. Oh, okay. They lived in Boulder City, and it was always seemed like it was so far away from mm. Vegas. It always seemed like it took so long, but it was just a little tiny home Philly town. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Now it doesn't take very long to get there at all, but it still well, has that the city feel. keeps expanding, yeah. Right? Yeah, right? And I was like, wow, I'm already here. It's basically Henderson, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Um, is there any more information then regarding the census, uh, websites, information about how to fill it out? Well, if you if you want, we're still hiring. So if you're mm-hmm. looking for a tempor- part-time temporary job... Uh, you can go to 2020census.gov forward slash jobs. You can text jobs2020 to 313131. And then mm. you can call 1-800-J-O-B-2020, <laughs> which is also one mm-hmm. eight. Oh, it's not 1-800. My apologies. It's one 562 2020 And then if you're hard of hearing... You can call 1-800-877-8339. Mm-hmm. So we have quite a few different ways uh-huh. to go and apply, and it's very easy, and it's pretty fast. My cousin did it. didn't take her long at all. And then you can go to 2020census.gov for more information on the 2020 census. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then if you really want to get into some numbers, go to census.gov. You can find all kinds of stuff on that site. They're like Valentine's Day is coming up. They have a little story about the history of Valentine's Day, how much you know liquor is bought during this time, and candy. candy. That's really so. Great. There is a there is so much information on that site. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. It is a fun site. I I delved into yeah. it about a week ago. It's like there's so yeah. much here. Yeah. I didn't look at it at work, or else I would have probably just been, that would have been my work day. <laughs> They'd be like, uh, yeah. we need some help. No. Be like, sorry, census.gov. Yeah. I'm You're going to have to wait. Up. Yeah. It's any, the government. I, we just got to, I got to do this. Is there any, any other sites Well, I'm just thinking of the, like for hiring, I just think, I always say it's $18 an hour. Nevada, yeah. it, mm. we're hiring across the country. So if you have friends anywhere mm-hmm. in the country looking for a job, you can tell them to apply. But it's all determined by the pay rate, the local mm. pay rate. So um, Nevada is $18 an hour. Which, if you're working part-time, 25 hours, and it's an eight-week stint because it's temporary, you can make about $3,600 wow. working as a census taker for eight weeks for 25 hours a week. That's, you know, that's that gives you a good average. And then you also get reimbursed for mileage. 
how mm-hmm. long do you think the hiring will like when when do you stop hiring for that eight week long period they're gonna keep the we quit actively recruiting the very end of February okay but they people can still apply online okay. through in March because there's still gonna be a lot of like the after the follow-up mm-hmm. right so there's okay. still there's still other program or other um, not programs, but uh, operations. Operations. That's what right. I was looking for going on. Okay. No. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, thank you both so much. Thank this you. has been a very informative and fun conversation. So oh, thank yeah. you for having us, and it's been great. Yeah. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for the hard work. Um, well, this has always, as always, been Allison and Jacob. <laughs> um, we have the assistance of our producer Jose Sotelo. Our creative director is Berta Gutierrez. Research assistance by Ashley Pacheco. The little uh, dog in the den of descent. I she's not think. little. She's not little. She's not little. I was going to say little Sebastian. We have uh, Raven, the dog of descent, and little Sebastian joining us as always. Yeah, they're not here in person, but they are here in spirit. In spirit. As always. always. Yes. All right. Well, this has been Wild and Free, a Battleborn podcast. Giddy up. Yeehaw. Mm-hmm. <laughs>